You're listening to On The Whistle, the podcast that explores the impact that coaches, teachers, and mentors from youth sports organizations and schools have on young people's lives. Let's get into the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this edition of On The Whistle, where I'm really excited to have Coach Willie Edwards. Coach Willie Edwards is the assistant outside linebackers coach for Brown University football. In addition to that, with full disclosure, Willie Edwards was my alma mater's football coach and mentored my two boys and my daughter through their experience at uh, Moses Brown School. At Moses Brown School, Coach Willie had a 71 and 22 record. So this guy knows the formula to win and uh, had five straight Super Bowl, high school Super Bowl uh, visits, resulting in two championships. So, Coach, super excited to have you. Love talking to you. Uh, welcome. Oh, thank you. Great seeing you, man. Haven't seen you know. I feel like I haven't seen anybody in forever, man. But it's great seeing your face, man. How's things yeah. going? Things are going well. It's a complex and trying time, uh, but there's plenty of time to talk about what's good. And, you know, I'm like you probably coach are trying to focus on the silver linings. And the neat part about the show is we get to talk to people who make a difference in people's lives and, you know, are invested in changing the world and making it a better place. And so, you know, it's good to have, have you on. And so what I'd love to do coach, and I call you coach with fondness is to talk about you as a little boy. And for those of you who don't know Coach Willie, this is not a little boy. Coach Willie is a big guy. <laughs> a big guy. <laughs> right? Yes. And I understand in college, and I've seen pictures of you when you played for URI, that you were like a truck. Yeah, I was a big running back back in the day. Now, now I would probably be a pulling guard. Well, I wouldn't be doing anything. <laughs> but I suspect you caused a lot of a lot of hard hits in college. Yeah, it was fun, man. I got to run the ball, man. You know, I was really lucky. You know, uh, you know, someone saw me as a you know when I was in um, middle school and said, "Oh man, he's a big athletic kid." So you know, I was on the punt team. I was in the wall right in front of the punter, and they did a fake to me, and I took it around the corner for a score. Like when I was in eighth grade. So when, I, so when you're ninth grade, you say, oh, I'm making him my fullback, you know? Yeah. Um, that actually segues right into it, man. That was my mentor. That was the guy that really, um, you know, that the person that saw that was actually the person that told me a lot of stuff about life and football and, and coaching and family. What was his Ray, name? His name is Ray Doobie, Raymond Doobie. And he was my, um, he was my middle school junior high school football coach back in the day in high, you know, they had a really strong freshman football league in Rhode Island and it was consisted of eighth and ninth graders. So uh, it wasn't just, you know, uh, the junior high team, it wasn't just a freshman team. And um, he was my freshman coach. We, had, we were daring junior high school. We had a dynasty, man. Those, uh, Ray Doobie and Ken Howell were the co-head coaches. And Ray was just a person that changed my life. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, he, and like I said, he's the one that saw me as a, you know, uh, as a fullback. You know? how, when you say he changed your life, I mean, that sounds pretty serious in a way, right? It is serious. So what, is did, serious. He, what did he change? Did he? Well, he befriended me, man. Like, you know, he showed me something that, you know, um, you know, 
that I didn't see before. You know what I mean? So when I was in eighth grade, you know, um, there was kids getting like, this is where you could have like your dark mask visors on your helmets and stuff. And there was kids on my team that were able to get those. I wasn't able to get that. You know what I mean? I didn't have the money to do that. And Ray was smart enough to have the awareness to say, you know, you do this, that, and the other in school, we'll get you one of those visors. You know what I mean? And so he got me one of those visors. And then one, from that point on, anytime I got any trouble, anytime anything ever happened, I was sent to Ray. <laughs> you know what I mean? He was my guy. He was the one that would take care of me. And then lo and behold, his wife, Kathy, who was also a teacher in the school at Daring, was my English teacher. And I had her for English. So, you know, uh, it was just a great story, you know, with them. You know, and then it never stopped. You know, they were in the middle school, and then I went to high school. and Later on in my high school life, my high school career, I needed a life raft. And lo and behold, my middle school teachers, you know, Coach Ray and Kathy were the ones that provided that. You know, um, you know that's you know, like I said, we can get into this if you want. This, this is definitely a story. Yeah, you know what I mean, I, you know, we're here to get Coach. We're here to get into it. Yeah, yeah. So you know, yeah, Ray Doobie was a, you know, I would not be where I am today if it wasn't for Ray and Kathy Doobie. To the point where, when I say they threw me a lifeline, my senior year I lived with them. You know what I mean? You know, my family, my father, my family already split. You know, my father was gone. My mother and sister moved back to Providence. Um, I was already, I was living in West Warwick. This is all in West Warwick. And um, so, yeah, it got to a point where Ray and Kathy opened their doors to me. I lived with them for a few years, even after high school. You know, um, so yeah, Ray, Ray was my middle school coach. Kathy was my eighth grade teacher. You know, um, they, they showed me a lot of love um, when I was in middle school and it sparked me to be a, you know, a good player and a good student, you know, and then, you know, later on in high school, you know, I had some dark times, you know, and they provided a life raft. You know, I was in, after my junior year, midway of my junior year, I basically dropped out of school. You know, I stopped going, you know, uh, the father wasn't at home, mother didn't have control. You know, I was big, I was getting bigger, I was lifting, you know what I mean? So like no one, I was invincible, you know. So I didn't have that. You know, I didn't have that. And so um, going into like the end of like my junior year, man, you know, Ray and Kathy came coming along and they was like, we need to get you right. And we know football is part of it. And that's the carrot. So Ray, I mean, um, Kathy tutored me that summer for free. Um, I couldn't afford it, obviously, um, you know, to, um, you know, get eligible. And, you know, and then she not only did that, she recruited one of her friends in another, t in another you know, another class, um, another subject who did the same thing you know she tutored me as well and they had to and i you know and i was still going against the curve you know i had to go to summer school i still wasn't doing the best thing i should be doing at summer school so that's how it all started going into my senior year and then um you know i ended up living with them senior coach year. when you say that was the carrot football was the carrot mm. why was it a treat for you what was it about football that incentivized you or made you feel compelled to do all the stuff you didn't want to do? Yeah, I just love the game like I do now. You know, I mean, you can see that I love the game now through my social media posts and everything is football. Well, it was the same way when I was a little boy, except, you know, I could play. So, so it was the carrot, you know, if you didn't, you know, if you didn't do what you needed to do academically, you know, um, and if you didn't stay out of trouble, it was both those things. <laughs> it wasn't just academically. You wasn't allowed. They weren't gonna let me play football, you know. And uh, and that would have hurt you. Like, yeah, it would have hurt me. I mean, I, I mean, um, who knows what would have happened, you know? Um, if the story would have been different, you know, like, hey, you know, we're gonna help you, tutor you, and get you back on track to graduate without football. Who knows if I would have chose that path? 
part of it. <laughs> you know, yeah. for what? You know, who knows? Football was the carry. That's how, how it was. And then, you know, we went on and won the state championship my senior year. You know, it was a, you know, it was a big story, a big story. And I, you know, there's articles that are written about it. You know, I can try to find them and share them with you if you want. But, yeah, I'd love uh, to have them. We'd love to put them on the website and, you know, go along with the episode. Yeah, Ray and Kathy, Ray and Kathy Doobie and their two daughters, um, Aaron and Megan, you know, they had two daughters. One was a sophomore when I moved in the house, one was an eighth grader, you know, that they, you know, they lived right behind the high school. That was a big, you know, that was a big, you know, now you look at it, it was a big taking in, you know, you're taking someone in that, you know, you know, <laughs> it wasn't hard, man. I give them a lot of, a lot of credit. Ray, you know, me and, and Ray coached with us at Moses Brown a couple of years, you know, he's volunteered when he could. And he was like, oh, I got the head coaching job in 2011. I want to say like, he was there a lot of 2012 and 13. You know, um, and then, you know, his schedule's changed and stuff. Um, he was raising his grandsons. But, yeah, those, those you know, and then when I got to high school, there was other people I met too, Gary. You know, Rain Cassidy were the catalyst, but my high school head coach was an unbelievable person. He was the tough love guy. He was the one that told me about tough love. He's the one that told me about the way that I coach now. Um, the way that I coach now is more like Coach Al's, Steve Al's senior. What, what do you mean by tough love? Because I think I know what you mean because I've seen you coach. Yeah, I'll get after you. I'll get after you. There's an edge to your coaching style. Yeah, this is my coaching style. You know, you've been around it. You've been very, you know, up close and personal. It's not nothing that I turn off and turn on. It's who I am. You know what I mean? So I I was never, ever sugarcoating or pretending on any of it. It's who I am. So what it is is just, you know, I'm going to get after you, man. We're going to get the most we can get out of you, man. And I'm never going to, you know, when I say get after you, I don't mean degrade you. I don't mean berate you. I don't mean... Um, you know, go to an extent where, you know, it humiliates you in front of your peers. I will get after you, but I'm, I don't mean that. I mean, like, get after you, like, motivate you, you know what I mean? In a way where, you know, you're going to want to not disappoint me and not disappoint your, your, your other coaches and not disappoint your, your teammates, you know? And then a little bit later, I'll come back and I'll pat you on the butt. I'll say, you know, this is why I did this. Or this, you know, I'll, you know, I'll just do something, a gesture, and that's the love part, you know what I mean? So... Would you, you know, learn that, Coach? I've seen you do it in action. I've seen you grab a, a face mask on a sideline when I've been when I volunteered for you, and I and I've seen you grab a face mask and say, "What were you thinking about?" Or "Come on," and really get mm-hmm. after a player. But then, you know, two plays later, when they start to get their head on straight, you know, you encourage them and say, "That's what I'm talking about." Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's how that's how I was coached. I'll tell you, it's an it's a gift. Um, mm. and, and I think it's something special and, and, you know, you got to figure out a way to bottle that Willie so we can, we can get that out <laughs> to more people. Uh, man. Yeah. I'm blessed. I was coached by some great people, some great people. I, and, you know, and the other thing too, man, is, you know, is, is I have some amazing kids to coach, you know, that makes things a lot easier too. You know, when you have kids like the kids we have at Moses Brown, you know, uh, that was just all in, you know what I mean? And, didn't want to disappoint you, you know, and I call those kids eager beavers. You know what I mean? They just want to do whatever they can do to make you happy and work really hard. And, you know, and then the support, you know, of, of course, you know, well, you folks and the parents and the administration. And, you know, um, I was really blessed for LeJean, you know, LeJean Jones, you know, who was my college teammate at URI. And I didn't know that. Yep. And we played against each other in high school. You know, I played LeJean when he was in ninth grade. You know, he was at work vets. He just moved to Rhode Island from Brooklyn, you know, and uh, big, big, fast kid. And then we played them. I played against them three years later when we were seniors. We beat them like eight to six. It was a tough game. 
And then later on, we ended up becoming teammates at URI. And um, if it wasn't for him, I would never came to Moses Brown. He brought me in in 2005 as a volunteer assistant. I did that for a full year, you know, and, um, you know, and I coached a little bit with Ray, with Mr. Doobie, when he was the head coach at Exeter West Greenwich, but I wasn't as seasoned, you know. It really started happening then, you know. You know, know, 05 was touch and go for me. You know how I'm all gun-ho right now? I won't miss anything. I'll sleep on the field. 05 was touch and go. I might miss a day. You know, I volunteer because I'm a volunteer assistant. You know what I mean? Like, not because it's just because I wasn't into it like I was. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, so LeJean was a big, LeJean was a big piece to this thing. And, and then Jeff, and Jeff, had, you know, Jeff was definitely a huge piece to this because um, Jeff trusted me, you know, to do what's right. And what, what happened was, Gary, um, when I when I started coaching with LeJean, I coached the JVs. I was a volunteer assistant and um, me and Jeff, and I was paired with Jeff. We were the, both the position running back coaches and we were both the position outside linebackers coaches and we were both were the JV coaches. And so when LeJean left for Durfee, Jeff had, he coached on our staff, but he had hands-on experience on who I was as a person and how I treated kids and how I motivated kids. And so that's why I have to give love to Jeff and I have to give love to LeJean because uh, I wouldn't, you know, none of of what happened at Moses Brown with me, you know, would have happened without those guys. Coach, talk to us a little bit about, uh, you know, your college experience and the transition from going from your beloved high school mentor, you know, network and, and safety net, you ship off to URI. Were you living at URI in the dorms? Yeah. So, um, you know, so, so, so were you like ready to manage yourself as a person? Did you find mentors at URI that you could rely on? What, what was it like that transition for you and how did mentors or coaches help you through it? It was such a, you know, my college experience, you know, you know how everybody talks about, you know, from one, one, you know, one point to the other is success. And some people talk about, no, it's a screwy line. Mine is like, you know, I didn't go straight to um, URI. I, I did a prep school year. I did a half a year at Kent school. Um, okay. So coming out of high school, URI offered me talent development program. I uh, had like a couple other, like when UConn was on double A, UMass were all sniffing, you New Haven. And so I said, I'm going to prep school. And um, this guy named Smokey Cerrone from Cerrone Oldsmobile, he used to be a hockey scout. And he somehow found me and alerted the Kent school about me. And I went up there on a full scholarship and I left mid-year. I had a daughter at the time and um, when I was in high school and I left mid-year and I came and I took the RI. Cause they were the only ones that were willing to take me in January. You know what I mean? Everybody else was like, New Ham- I was going to go to New Hampshire. I was like, finish the full year, finish the full year, academically, academically. And I was in Kent school, which is Western Connecticut. I had a daughter. So, you know what I mean? So I went to Kent for half a year, went to URI in January, the mid-year, um, made some amazing friends. Um, some of the coaches there were awesome. Some were, you know, just tough, you know, for me to deal with, you know, just because I wasn't, you know, used to that style of coaching, you know, it was more business-like, you know what I mean? It was more, you know, I was always the star of the team, you know, so, <laughs> you know, now it's so like, you went know, from family to employee. Yeah, man. I mean, but I had some great people, Floyd Keith and Terry Lynch, and, you know, and, uh, you know, John Miller, there were some really great guys that were, but I made some really great friends there. And then, um, you know, I left, I left URI though. You know what I mean? I went to Merrimack. And, I didn't uh, know that. I did. Yep. And so that's all through Leslie, and Leslie's father was the head coach of Merrimack. 
So Merrimack was their second year. Their first year was 96. Their second year of the program, I came there in 97. A few of us from our I did. Um, you know, and uh, that, that's another person I have to bring up too as far as coach. Like we're asking about my coaches and who shaped me as a coach. That's where your question is. is you know, it's Ray Doobie. You know what I mean? For showing empathy and, and, and showing me how to love my players. It's Steve Al Sr., you know, who was my high school coach, who showed me a tough love. You know what I mean? You know, and, and, it's, and it's Tom Cato, you know, um, who just, just showed me how to love my players, how to care, you know, and, how, you know, I mean, he's just, those three people were probably the three people that shaped, um, you know, me as a coach. But yeah, so, you know, when I went to Merrimack is when I found my first, I would say, mentor. I won't say, I wouldn't say, I found it, you're right, I found that Merrimack with, with, with uh, Tom Cato, you know, and, um, and I didn't graduate from that. <laughs> when you, you know, say he I, was your, when he was your first mentor, what did that look like to you? What was different about someone being a mentor to you for people who are listening that want to be great mentors or some of his characteristics that you think about change the way either you thought about yourself or you thought about your potential? What was it about him? You know, Coach Cato was really good at listening you know what I mean, and, untru- and truly understanding, you know, I guess that's, you know, he had a great deal of empathy, you know what I mean, um, you know, he was old school, he was tough, but at the same time, he, you know, you could tell he, he just, you know, you could tell he loved us all as players, you know, and, you know, even till today, you know, we, st- we still talk and, you know, we're still in contact and, um, you know, I just got a great deal of respect for him, you know, it's just, it's, I, honestly, Gary, I think it's just something that's felt. You know what I mean? You just know. You know what I mean? Like, kids these days are so smart. Like, they know if you're being authentic. You know, they know if this is an act or you're being fake. And they, you know, and, um, you know, they, they look right through that. And I think that's what, you know, helped me at Moses Brown was I, I was just keeping it real <laughs> all the time with all the kids and everybody, you know, uh, you know, the parents, you know, and I think they bought into that. You know what I mean? They said, oh, you know, you know. And it's like I'm saying, come to Breakfast Club. I'm not going to show up. I'm the first one there opening the door. You know what I mean? Like, What was Breakfast Club, really, for the people that don't know what it was? What was Breakfast Club? Yeah, it was just the workouts we did in the mornings. You know, once um, you know, once the off-season came, we just provided a, you know, I would call it period zero. You know what I mean? I would get to the school, you know. Uh, what time? We used to go, you know, safely, I'll say 6.40 to 7.30, give the boys enough time to shower and get to uh, – advisory for eight or if they want to grab something to eat. So yeah, we'll do that like uh, four days a week. You know, we'll go, yeah. And what percentage was, participation, if you had a hundred players, how many people would go to breakfast club? If we had a hundred kids, I would say consistently 40 of them would come, maybe 50 of them would come. So half the team yeah. would show up for breakfast club off season. Consistently, yeah. You know, we would get more than that, but I want to be in just low scale, you know. As the years went on, you know, um, it became, as the years went on, it became like, it, these guys just was like, this is just what we do. Like, it wasn't like a question. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, um, it's tough though. Very tough thing to juggle because the amount of boys at the school and then the other co-curriculars and trying not to step on feet of other seasons, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, so it became it became tough to juggle, but it was it was worth it. It was not only good just for the lifting part and the running, the camaraderie. You know, the guys. You know, the guys felt like they accomplished something. You know, we gave them stuff. We we gave them incentives. You know, you get this hat. You know, I place an order with squad, squad locker. If you get, you know, you do this. Nothing wrong with that. Shirt. I gotta feed my family. <laughs> I gotta feed my family. 
Willie, what's going on at Brown University? How's that transition going? You went from uh, head honcho, mm. head coach, built a program over many, many years to tremendous momentum, and now you're back at the middle or bottom of the totem pole. You elected to go back down. Yeah, but in a bigger bottom. world. But in a bigger world. Yeah, it was just calling, man. You know, for me, it was, you know, um, the opportunity ar arise, and I don't want to look back 10 years from now not taking the opportunity, you know. I appreciate so, that. You know, that's the main thing. Um, but, yeah, it's going great. That year, right, though, first year, that was a big transition for me, you know, being the guy that, you know, made all the decisions and was involved with all the scheming, all sides of the ball, having a huge piece of this big cake or really just baking the cake to, like, okay, man, you just worry about your slice. You know what I mean? So that took a little bit. That was a transition, you know, and just the hours, you know, the hours are serious, especially in season, um, you know, and uh, traveling was, you know, but it was good though, man. It was a better, good challenge. I worked with, I worked with some really great people. Coach Perry is, you know, really unbelievable. And, um, you know, it's just all about mindset, you know? So now instead of me, you know, the way I look at it is I had Moses Brown with his team, you know, now my team is my outside linebackers. I'm going to make these guys the best that they can possibly be. And I will promise you, these guys are going to mirror, mirror, my outside linebackers will mirror what Moses Brown teams look like. They will sprint on the field. You know what I mean? They'll go crazy. They'll be spazzing and they'll sprint off. You know what I mean? And that's what I'm going to do. You know, that's what I've been doing. I, I, you know, it's going great. I love it over there. You know, great people. Um, would you like coaching college kids versus high school kids? Do you notice that it takes a different language or a different physical motion or anything? No. The brown kids are very similar to the Moses brown kids. They're eager beavers. Eager beavers. Some of you, you know, we just have more of them because, yep. you know, the more kids are, you know, playing football at college. They're there to play football. Well, not there to play football, but that's part of their deal. Um, you, know, there's, you know, there's more talent. But honestly, no, man, not really, man. They're the same kids to me. Kids are kids are kids. You know what I mean? Um, you know, those kids are great over there. More connection with the Moses Brown kids just because, you know, um, you know, I'm the strength coach. I'm the, the guidance counselor. I'm the football coach. I'm, you know what I mean? Where, yeah. you know, you know, it's a little bit different at the college level. But, uh, yeah, it's great, man. It's been great, you know. I miss my peoples at MB, though. You know, I'm glad to see everybody's doing well. Um, you, know. you know, Coach, uh, two of my boys, you know, worked effectively for you. Sinjin played a little football. My other son, Jude, I couldn't get him on the field. He was a manager. You know, his thing was lacrosse, and he was, I think, between you and me, scared of getting hurt. <laughs> but um, uh, I don't know. I never thought of it like that. Yeah, but, but I want to share with you, because I think it's so important to recognize your accomplishments. These two kids thought of you as an absolute like uh, pillar of their school experience. And, you know, they wanted to work so hard to make sure that whatever it is that you and the football team needed was done right and done well. And, you know, my wife and I, you know, we were amazed at the discipline that they felt as a sense of responsibility to the team. And it was a direct result of your involvement. And it, it was amazing to watch. And I think I've told you the story, but if I haven't, I want to repeat it because I think it's important for people to hear. My son in his senior year got a job working for the Red Sox in the spring of his senior year in high school. And we live in Providence. He was taking the train up to Boston. There were night games. 
one night game was a doubleheader. He was still in school during the day and came back soaking wet, 40 degrees, sitting outside in the rain all day on the train the way home. And he looked a little, little exhausted, a little stretched, 18-year-old boy, a little stretched. And I said to him, hey, buddy, you know, and I, and I probably shouldn't have said this, but I, I wanted to let him off the hook if he wanted to get off the hook. Hey, you're in, if you're in over a head, it's okay. You know, it's okay to say you're in, you're over, you're over your head. Are you okay with this job? And he looked at me so pissed off and he said, excuse me, if, if I had ever told coach Willie that I was cold or I was tired, what do you think he would have done with me? Right <laughs> now you laugh, but as a father of an 18 year old boy to hear him have that spirit of resolve, right. And, to, cre- and to credit it with you, you know, you want to teach your kids to feel purposeful. You want to teach your kids that they have an awesome sense of potential. And it, you can't do it alone, right? Parents alone can't do it. And I, to this day, repeat that story because of the profound impact you had on his ability and resolve. And, that I is, that story. and by the way, Coach, that's one kid of probably a thousand that have got a Coach Willie story. <laughs> or coach or coach Willie's sensibility about working hard. I mean, you know, I heard the stories about the kids doing the hills and oh, they got butterflies before they went to practice because they knew you were gonna run them. <laughs> or whatever it is. But I think to a to a man and to a young woman who had you as a leader at that school, you know, they can certainly chalk up a piece of, hey, I'm better for having gone through it. Uh, I really appreciate that. That's that's all it really is about. I mean, if you think about it, you know, you know. Just well, it's really interesting. It's really interesting to hear that somebody early in your life took you aside, and you said gave you a right life raft. Mm-hmm. You know, they gave you food security. They gave you that's, shelter. Right. They that's gave why, you, man. That's why I'm the way I am. Yep. That's the way I, I I am the way I am. You know, those guys though. You know, you're, you're blessed. You got two. I mean, two unbelievable boys. On it, I mean, unbelievable family, you know. Um, I'm very blessed to have you guys as friends. Um, those guys, though, man, they just did their role. You know what I mean? Like, it was like, it was just like, oh, you know, just like, oh, you know, Tim's just like, oh, I'm going to do this. Just like Billy has to make a tackle. You know what I mean? And, you know, so I, I, I respect those guys so much, man. They've done so much. I mean, I, we, we were blessed with, I mean, every single year with, with guys that wanted to, you know, help make our program better. Got to give a shout out to Pete too. Before I get off this thing, because if I Coach Pete, if I do not give a shout out to him, um, he's another one, man, that really made my time at NB great because he just made things so much easier. And people on the outside, on the surface of things, they just see, oh, he does this, he bought this. He no, it's all the stuff behind the scenes that really just allowed all of us as a coaching staff to really do our job and have fun with the kids. I mean, he would be there on game days a lot of times before I even got there, setting things up. I mean, we're getting people to hold the chains. I mean, so Peter Wallach, I mean, I mean, that program was really blessed to have that guy, man. Coach, you know, it's funny when you, when you think about the game of football, you know, or any of these games, you know, there's measurements, there's times, there's plays, there's athletes, there's objects, balls, field markers, right? But, you know, what, what I watched you coach the game 
I was astounded at the complexity of the game of football and all the intricacies of what you were doing from the sideline and your assistant coaches working, you know, the boys coaching them up on the sideline, you know, showing them replay film because you guys had those iPads, which is really cool to have. That is cool. Nope. Can't do it at college. Can't do that in college. It's not allowed? Yeah, so silly. Uh, it's funny. So where did you – when you think about, like, the physical part of the game, you know, that you went through, and then you go through this other piece, which is mentorship, and you talk about empathy, talk about showing how to care for people and a little tough love. But then there's this extra dimension, which is, you know, the gamesmanship, or what you call it the scheming, right? So tell me a little bit about how you develop your schemes and where you became the football mind that you yeah, developed. It, I think it's just, you know, I just think, you know, lifelong learning is key, you know? And so I think just adapting and taking, I'm going to take a little bit of that. Oh, I like that. I like this. I like that. And kind of putting it all together and making it your own thing, you know? Um, I, you know, on offense, we were a spread team. And, you know, I think that went back to, before me, before LeJean, when LeJean was an assistant to Rick Reitz, you know, because I think he was a spread guy at Moses Brown. He was one of the first shotgun guys. And so when LeJean took over, Damon Ray took over, you know, as the offensive coordinator, he ran spread. So a lot of our principles are based off of that spread. And then myself and Venucci offensively just built off of that. We just built off of that and just made it really creative. And then when we took it to the next level was when we started adding tempo. We decided to we decided we decided we're going to dictate how the clock is going to be. So we're going to not huddle. We're going to put that ball down. I'm going to you know signal in a formation, and we're going to use cold words for a play, and we're going to get that ball snapped in ten seconds. You know, and um, and that's why we ran all those hills. That's why those practices were really hard because we only had you know on a good year forty boys. You know, and you know, and not all of them were big, beefy type kids. So we had to use every, you know, we had to use every advantage. So, you know, we used conditioning, our fitness level, and, you know, our kids' buy-in and our kids' brain capacity, you know. <laughs> you know, um, that's where, you know, where it came from. Um, and then defensively, when it really all came together together is when we got Vince's brother, Joe. You know, because I'm, I'm, an, I'm an offensive mind guy. I'm a football guy. I love football, offense, defense, special teams. I can do it all. I love it. But I love, I enjoy offense. And so, um, you know, before Joe came, it was like Vin, Vin was doing the offense, I was doing it with him, and I was doing the D. You know, and so when Joe came, it kind of allowed me to, like, you know, go back and forth more freely because I can count on someone, you know, um, you know, doing the D fully. Um, so, yeah, Joe, you know, that's when it really came together. But, yeah, I mean, just borrowing from everybody, Gary, you know. Um, in West Warwick High School, we were a double tight end with a wing, and we pounded the ball. And that's how football was back then. But we were even more smash mouth. Like football was smash mouth back then, but we were even more smash mouth when I was in high school. So I'm like total opposite. You know, we run we run shotgun spread, you know. And that's the other thing too, is like everybody thinks, well, these guys are just throw the ball, they're finesse. We pound you. And that's why me and Vinny is really good together, because he came from a wing T background, which is more running the ball, and I'm I came from a spread background. And so we really meshed well. So we had Andrew Howard, for instance, that 2014 year. Um, he rushed for 1,600 yards out of a spread offense, and we ran trap. Him and um, and uh, Max Hanley, 
mean, we ran trap, 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 trap. You know, and um, and teams though we were finesse, but we really were a power running spread offense. You know, the Super Bowl, we only threw the ball ten times against Shea. He was raining, if you remember, it was a downpour. Mm. And uh, we, had, we only threw the ball. Adams threw the ball ten times that game. You know, but yeah, the scheme is so much fun. I'm always learning, man. I'm always. I mean, the stuff I have for the Rams right now. Is well, that's where I wanted to transition mind. to. So, you've also got mm-hmm. a new gig with the LA Rams. So. Mm-hmm. What's going on with that? How'd you, how'd you land that? And uh, is this the next level of your, you know, kind of like development and what kind of impact can you have there? Yeah. You know, it's an apprenticeship. So it's, a, it, you know, um, I'm merely going into it looking as an opportunity to learn and grow. Great. Um, you know, great. back of the mind mindset, if something comes out of it, great, but I'm not looking at it, you know, as I'm, you know, because, um, you know, there's eight of us apprentice, you know, there's eight of us. So, and I'm not competing with anybody. I'm competing with myself. Um, I'm just learning, you know. So right now what we're doing is um, we had a summit. We had like a nine-hour Zoom summit where the general managers there, like all these people that been general managers, scouts. I mean, there's a bunch of really important Rams people on the call. And everybody has presentation we learned about. The salary cap, we learned about pro scout and college scout and analytics, all of this stuff throughout a full day. And so now they put two of us with a, um, a mentor, and now they teach us how to evaluate, how they do evaluations on players. So we, have, so we have two positions. We have two positions that we evaluated. So last month was quarterbacks and wide receivers, and this month we're doing tight ends and running backs. And so at the end of the month, my, myself, the other apprentice, and our mentor will get together and we'll talk about the evaluations and all, cool. all those players. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. It's, it's great to see awesome. that you're learning. Continual learning. Yeah. Hey, Coach, so you played a lot of games both yourself and you coached a lot of games. And one of the questions that I like to ask on the show is, thinking about all those games that you've been in, what did you gain more from looking backwards, the wins or the losses, Coach? Yeah, it's always the losses, man. Always the losses. Yeah, I mean, we've had some turn-the-corner losses, man. Uh, 2013, we lost to Mount Pleasant in the Super Bowl. Um, Moses Brown, that team right there, that 2013, the class of 2014, I don't know how – I don't know if the school knows how amazing that class is. But uh, the 11 boys that were seniors in that class, we cried for a long time that night. You know what I mean? We cried for a long time. And uh, when they left, if someone was if someone was interviewed, if someone was recording that uh, locker room after they left, and I was by myself, <laughs> they would have thought a dead end of what was in there. <laughs> because um, that was one I learned from. That was one that propelled us. That class propelled us to that run we went on. You know, they went ten and two, and they lost to Mount Pleasant when they had these unbelievable superstars on their team. And uh, you know, those kids were the first group that really bought in the Breakfast Club. That's the Matt Romano class, the Eric Cosmopolis, the Sebastian Farrells of the world. Those guys. So yeah, that loss I learned. I probably learned the most, man, because it really, you know, had Benji Pinsky ask me, you know, coach, I don't get it. We did everything we were supposed to do, like everything you asked us to do, and you know, we we came up short, you know. And I had to you know, explain to him it's not really, you know, the end fact of the, you know destination, but it's really the journey. You didn't, you know, you didn't realize why we were doing all that stuff. That's the stuff that was you know, the prize. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So. You know, but yeah, that was, that was, you know, it was the losses though, man. The losses, you learn more about the losses. The wins kind of, the wins are just memories, man. The losses are lessons, you know? 
you know, that's, that's a great way it. to look at it. Hey, mm-hmm. so people that are going to listen to this are going to want to reach out to you. And, mm-hmm. and one of the things that we like to talk about at the end is if you're listening to coach Willie and it's, he's inspiring you to think about your coach, you know, we want you to reach out to your coach listener, but what about the people that want to reach out to you coach? How should they get a hold of you if they want to get back in touch with you? And if they hear your voice again? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm free to give my number or my email or I'm on the social media, whatever. I mean, I'm always open. My door's always open. I, you know, I'll never, you know, not take a call or anything, you know? So, yeah. Good. I think, I think they want to talk to you. So coach, super great to have you today. I can't tell you what a spectacular experience I've had being around you on and off the field. And I wish you nothing but tremendous success with everything you do going forward. I can't thank you enough for taking the time to spend with us today. This is a lot of fun, man. It was good seeing you. Thank you so much. It's good seeing you too. You've been listening to On The Whistle. For more, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player or visit us at onthewhistle.com.